0: Are you an adventurer looking to take your hunt to the next level? Then you're in the right place. Welcome to East Meets West Hunt with your host, Bo Martonic. Hey
1: everyone, welcome back to another episode of the East Meets West Hunt podcast presented by Onyx. So what I want to talk about today with Onyx and specifically the Onyx Hunt app is being able to utilize the app to navigate the private public land boundaries and specifically in this podcast with John Hallam and in this whole Idaho hunt we hunted a lot of property that bordered private land and being able to navigate it and a lot of times things like fence posts and and things like that don't necessarily mean that it's private land. And by using the OnX Hunt app, we were able to be able to distinguish what was actually private, what was public, and na- navigate some of those pieces that others might n- not even really think it's open to be able to hunt. So if you want to check out the OnX Hunt app and the private public land features, boundaries, things along those lines... Head over to onxmaps.com. Use the coupon code EMW to save yourself 20% off. So, Maven Optics. Maven has come out with the highest quality optics available. And through their direct to consumer business model, they're able to do that at about half the price of their competitors. And the new S2 spotting scope is a 12 to 27 by 56 millimeter. I use that you know a lot on this hunt. I talk, I've talked about it so far and I can't talk enough about it. That spotting scope was lightweight only 32 ounces always stayed in my pack and really helped out. I'd add a little phone scope and my phone to it to be able to video and get some you know to be able to take your eye off the glass and just watch what's out in front what's out in front of you. So if you head over to mavenbuilt.com, and use the coupon code eastmeatswest gift You can get yourself a free gift with any full price optics order. And lastly, the University of Elk Hunting and Corey Jacobson, Elk 101, have put together the most fully comprehensive elk hunting course available. And with that, I mean, that, that was one of the things that, you know, myself, I've went through, the other guys on the trip, It's helped us out a ton when it comes to, you know, getting over that elk hunting learning curve because elk hunting is definitely not easy. And you'll see in the podcast artwork for this episode, John with his bull and he's wearing a destination elk shirt, which is elk 101 and Corey's uh, YouTube series that goes through day by day breakdown of their elk hunt. So look forward to that coming out this November on YouTube. To save yourself twenty percent off the University of Elk hunting, use the code East Meets West at checkout. Go over to elk101.com to check that out. All right, so on today's episode, I'll have John Hallam, who's from Ohio. Um, John was someone I did not know prior to going out to Idaho. We'd messaged on Facebook. he would found the podcast and. Him and I chatted back and forth for a while, found out we were going to be hunting in a similar area. Well, actually just about the same area. So he invited us to camp with him. He's hunted the area for a while. So once we got out there, his local knowledge was awesome. So great. I can't be any more thankful to John. He's, you know, a young guy, 22 years old, that's been grinding out out there for 10 years since he was 12 years old. And most of it, doing it solo, which is extremely impressive. John's just an all-around great guy. I'm glad I got to meet him, and I'm sure we'll be friends for a long, long time. And hopefully get to hunt, hunt together again. So this podcast is all about the story of John and you know his progression in elk hunting, and specifically this bull that he killed this year a couple of days before we got out there. And I do want to say that I will be, you know, I've been saying this now since I got back, but there'll be a lot of whitetail stuff coming up. So anybody that's been looking forward to that, have a lot of stuff for mountain bucks, public land, whitetails, you know, anything along those lines, big woods, deer, that stuff's going to be coming out, have some great guests lined up. And and probably do a couple solo episodes myself and and everything with that. There's, um, you know, full swing. The hunting season opened up here this past Saturday. I have some stories from that, but I'll I'll save that um, here for the the first whitetail episode to go into kind of what happened there on the the first day, and probably I'll have about a week into it at that point. So look for those to start coming out next week, but with that being said let's um let's get into the podcast here with john all right welcome back to another episode of the east meets west hunt podcast uh sitting here in idaho on a windy windy day here uh, with my buddy john hallam and before i get into this i apologize if this uh starts off a little weird or if we miss out on some things because John and I just recorded about half of this and the batteries died in the middle of it and lost everything so John I apologize for that but uh, do you want to give a little bit uh, a little bit of a background on yourself here
0: yeah uh, my name is John Hall. I'm like Bo said uh, I'm from southern Ohio I've been coming to Idaho here to hunt for eight or nine years now i started when i was 12 and i come back pretty much every year since uh i'm a pipe fitter back home i uh like to move out here for too long but uh come into contact with Bo through facebook a while back and we found out we were going to be hunting the same area and i said well i'm i'm camped right there why don't you come hang out and uh so him and his buddies have been here and we've got to hunt, hang out and pack some bulls together.
1: Yeah. It's, it's hilarious though, that, you know, we, we met through Facebook where you had found the podcast and, and you said that, you know, that's cool that someone's doing, you know, the same thing I am and just kind of talking about it, uh, you know, through the podcast and, and, uh, you know, since then we've talked back and forth and, you know, it's, it's a lot of times you can talk to people. Oh, that'd be cool to hunt together. Blah blah blah. But we were able to actually meet up at camp, and you know, within a couple of days. Well, within one day of meeting each other, pack bulls out together, and well, a bull, and and share a camp together. It's uh, it's pretty wild how that all worked out. Right, right.
0: It's been a lot of fun. Yeah, like you said, I I found the podcast a few months back, and you never do hear podcasts. There's not enough about the guys coming from the east. It's you've got plenty of elk hunting information, but there's a lot more to it for those of us that come from the east to the west to hunt, rather than just the guys that can go out their back door and hunt elk in the backyard. There's there's a lot more strategy and and look ahead and work that goes into it, and no one really addresses that. That's what I really liked
1: about your podcast. Yeah, well, thank you, thank you for that. It's just one of them things that. I was a struggle of mine trying to weed through the information and figure it out and was hoping to be able to, you know, help others out with the same thing. And, you know, the, the area that we're, that we're hunting, which I will keep disclosed, but you've been hunting here for quite a while.
0: Yeah. Yeah. My dad brought me out here when I was 12, the first trip, uh, a family friend of ours that worked with my grandfather back in New Jersey, 20 years ago, he retired and moved out here uh he brought my dad out here to hunt when my dad was in high school and my dad ended up calling him up a few years back and and saying hey i got a son likes to hunt and he said bring him out so we come out for a week of deer hunting and i've come back pretty much every year since uh started off just deer hunting rifle deer hunting down in the river bottoms because i couldn't really get too far without a driver's license i'd fly out here and jim would pick me up at the airport and uh I just walk the river bottoms and and shoot whatever i saw do a lot of fishing and and coyote hunting and then when i got my driver's license i started doing some elk hunting they'd pick me up at the airport and give me a truck to drive for the week and i'd spend the week in the mountains Um, it's been a lot of fun i've learned a lot and i was i was blessed to have the opportunity to come out here at such a young age and Spend as much time out here as I have. A lot of guys are my age before they ever get to start this, and getting to start this process at age twelve or thirteen really, really gave me a good jump on it.
1: Yeah, I mean, what's crazy is John, you're only twenty two years old and have. I mean, I didn't start elk hunting until I was twenty four, like you're saying, and wish I would have been able to get that experience, you know, ahead of time like, like you were able to. And it's just a its a really cool thing that you have to spend so much time in the mountains alone at a, a young age, too. <laughs> right, right. Helped me conquer some fears and learn a lot.
0: Um, yeah, like I said, there's a lot of guys. I, I brought a, a couple guys out here that they're 40 and 50 years old before they ever get to make their first trip. I was lucky enough to do it a lot sooner.
1: Yeah, and from the sounds of it, you uh, will be doing it for a, a long time oh yeah I I hope to move out here before too long I love it out here yeah and I mean now it turned from your week hunts to spending three weeks out here (laughs) yeah I used
0: to come out for a week at a time and I was homeschooled growing up so I was lucky to have uh, a lot of freedom with my time in the fall I could do my schoolwork ahead of time and so I'd come out for a week to 10 days but the last couple years I, I keep adding a week to the trip each year and So I've, I've made my way up to three week trips and I think next year it'll, I'll just turn into the full month of elk season.
1: (laughs) You can't beat that. So when you were out here, you know, learning by yourself and at the time, you know, there wasn't all the information that you could you know, gather or you're an age where you really didn't know how to find it, you know, and you were learning by the school hard knocks and just, you know, going through and, and trying it out. Kind of explain a little bit how that learning curve was for you. Oh yeah, I wish I had podcasts
0: back then cuz I really had no clue. I didn't know where to look for elk. I didn't know didn't know anything about them. I just drove the truck up here one day and got out and started walking around. And I did everything from camping in their bedding areas to blowing them out on the way in every morning. I just every mistake you can make, I did it. Been winded a 100 times. I've I've, I've messed up every stalk the first 50 stalks I tried but that's part of learning and and it makes it that much more special when it finally does come together and and now it's just like the the hunt I made the other day during that stalk there were probably half a dozen situations that popped up and I thought nope that busted me you know such and such a time two three years ago I need to do it this way and having that much experience it, it makes makes the stalking process a lot more go a lot smoother and and more enjoyable
1: yeah when so how long did it actually take you to end up killing your first elk uh i was like you it was my fourth year before i was able to actually
0: uh kill one i spent a lot of time hiking around watching them and i could get within 300 yards of them but but didn't know how to close the distance i just wasn't aggressive enough and i always thought they'd come to me and uh, it doesn't work out like that i i i'd set up in draws and i'd see him go up a draw one day so i'd be there the next day and i just it took me too long to realize these things are not going to do the same thing twice and when you see him in the open you got to move and and move fast that's part of what i like about the spot and stalk game it's it's a race
1: it's a lot of fun yeah and um your first your first elk that you ended up killing kind of describe a little bit of that and then how that kind of led into, you know, the following years. Right, the first elk I killed,
0: I uh <clears throat> sorry about that. I still didn't really have an idea of what I was doing. It was all it was all luck. I saw this this herd of cows bedded on a hillside and thought, well, this is the only shot I got. I'll see if I can not put a stalk on them. So, I, I ran up the hillside on the the next jaw over and I just uh I popped over the the top of that ridge and just waited for him to come within range. I had a cow come within range and took a shot. Finally killed one. But uh, after that, just thinking about the way it all panned out, I, I realized that, you know, that's how you really need to hunt. I kind of made a Hail Mary on that one, and I thought, it's not really Hail Mary. That's just how, how it gets done. So ever since then, that's, that's the way I've hunted.
1: Yeah, and, and from the sounds of it, it kind of got the ball rolling with you and as far as like you know the following years success started to uh, kind of follow right I
0: was always too timid and laid back about making moves on them and after I made that first one and realized you know I thought wait a minute this can work I can I can run through the sagebrush and I can make some noise and cover ground and not get busted and that's actually what what you have to do after realizing I could what I can and can't get away with uh really helped me boosted my confidence and and taught me a lot about making stalks you know now that's that's the fun part for me you see them from a mile away and you just start running and you don't quit until you get there but but a lot of it is also learning the timing of when when to run and when to lay low just just the simple things like you know a lot of people will see them and they just as soon as they see them they take off running and that's not always the right way to do it You, you need to sit there and watch them for a while try to figure out which direction they're going and uh take a guess at which draw they're going to go up and then you take a run Uh, it's unreal how much there is to learn just in following a, a herd of elk through the mountains for a week you can learn a lot about their behaviors and and
1: learn how to stalk them just by watching them well what's crazy is up until this point the last three years i've hunted in colorado and it's been majority of you know thick timber nothing with spot and stock game and you've helped us with that learning curve a ton by teaching us kind of how they move and be like all right no we don't have pressure right now stay patient don't try to make a move on them right now because you see them they're probably gonna do something similar tomorrow try to learn what they're doing where they're going you know and and you know play the, the wind to be able to do that and I, I think that game of being that balance between being patient and aggressive is is a fine line but it's uh it's a it's a fun one to, to learn
0: right right that's another thing when I finally did decide to get aggressive and realize that that's what you need to do like you said there's a fine line there because you don't show up on day one or day two and start making big bold pushes into them you know I, I did that a couple of years ago the first morning I tried to make a move on a herd and I blew them out i thought what am i doing i've got 12 days left here i can sit here and watch these things and and they will somewhat develop a pattern if you watch a herd of elk that's unpressured and they're in their somewhat summer pattern they're feeding they're not being pushed by hunters or any bulls you can watch and within a week's time they will do the same thing a couple times you just you just got to get the hang of it and after you see them do it for a couple days once you see them maybe go up the same draw as you've seen before, you know where they're going next, and then you just
1: got to beat them there. Yeah. And so that kind of, you know, led into this year. You and I were talking back and forth on Facebook. You came out a, a week ahead of us, and when you did that, you went—well, you, you I hadn't heard from you in a few days. You came out here, and I, so I sent you a text. I was like, hey, how's it going, man? And, and you texted me back, I shot a bull right right i just shot him maybe an hour hour and a half before
0: uh before i got a text from you and i was i happened to be up high enough that i was able to get a text and get a phone call out um and it, it was all all by chance that i was even able to kill that bull the first three days i spent here i was up in the mountains here and the weather got nasty and i got tired of dealing with it so i moved out to a bowl out front where i've hunted in the past and the weather's not quite so bad and uh, found the herd out there on Tuesday evening and I've hunted them there before they feed in some alfalfa fields below this big bowl and they'll move their way up the back up into the bowl at daylight so I knew I had to get there early I got up at four o'clock and I was on the rim of that bowl at four thirty, waiting on them and as soon as daylight come I could hear them bugling and there were some bulls fighting below me the cold weather had them had them fired up, and uh, so I got up on top of this cliff and I could see them maybe 100 yards below me. There were only two ways that I thought they could get into that bowl, so I got right in between them and I thought, you know, I've got them. Either either direction they go here, all I had to do was sprint 60 yards left to right, settle down and I'd have a shot, but uh, they ended up making a complete 180, went the long way around and come in the opposite side of the bowl, and uh i thought i'd you know missed the opportunity so i was just sitting there actually i had my phone out videotaping the herd bull and in the video that i took you can hear a a stick snap beside me that was the bull i killed sneaking up next to him he was 20 yards from me before i even knew he was there Um, i hear a, a rock roll and a stick snap so i shut the phone off and i kneel down i knock an arrow and when i looked back up the bulls at 12 yards coming right at me uh so I thought well what do I do now he's he's walking straight at me he's either going to run over top of me and bust out or he's going to bust me trying to draw on him and I figured I'd I'd rather him bust and me at least try so I I started to draw and I was at half draw just enough to have some pressure on and you know get the arms shaking and he looks up and he's staring at me and staring at me through some sagebrush and finally that herd bull bugled below him again and uh at at, like i said 12 yards he turns around just bugles just as loud as he could right back at that thing right in my face and uh he got done with that bugle and he kind of dropped down on a little shelf below me and put his head behind a rock where i could get pulled back and as soon as he stepped out behind that rock i just kind of i kind of stood up and let loose at the same time and he ran about eighty yards and stopped and walked into the nearest timber and, and fell. Um, luckily though, with being hunting this area for as long as I have, I've made some local friends here. So that was at seven o'clock in the morning. I, I called a buddy here in town and I said, Come on, buddy, we gotta got some work to do and uh I think by seven thirty he was here with the truck ready to pack out.
1: Yeah. <laughs> and then you guys, cause that's yeah, you called me, said, "Hey, we're gonna you know go back up in," and you went back in, and when I asked you on the phone, "I'm like, how big was he?" And you're like, "I don't know, probably a nice decent five by five or whatever." Right,
0: right. When it, it happened so fast, I really didn't have time to to see what he was, and I told my buddy that helped me with the pack out, and I told you on the phone, I said, "I don't know. I know he's a five by five, but the more I think about it, I think he's a four by four, and i'm walking up the hill kind of kicking myself thinking man this thing's just going to be a spindly little four before there's a huge herd bull out there i might have screwed up here but uh we ended up tracking him i didn't know for sure how good my shot was it was a rush shot so close so we gave him a couple hours ended up he died within 10 feet of where i lost sight of him but we got there and my buddy uh my buddy walked around the tree said here he is man he ain't no four before He ended up being a six by six. Uh, We haven't put a tape to him, but he's a he's a respectable bull for sure, and one I'll probably not beat for a long time.
1: Yeah, that when you sent me the picture, I was like, "Yeah, you definitely underestimated him. He's a stud," and I was like, "Was that the herd bull?" And he said, "No, there's one even bigger." But I mean, he's a he's a tank, an over the counter unit in Idaho.
0: Oh, for sure, you're not going to beat if you can if you can get close to 300 inches in an over the counter unit i I think you should be happy with that and take it any day
1: yeah oh yeah no no doubt in that and then uh you had a fun pack out to <laughs> to
0: get them out yeah yeah that was pretty brutal it wasn't far at all it was only a mile but boy it was a mile straight down and the, the hips the calves and ankles were screaming but that's what makes it makes them fun yeah nobody remembers the easy pack
1: outs and then five days later you're helping me pack my bull out and uh, hopefully we have a couple more guys to do that right yeah packouts are
0: always fun and I've never got to do more than one in a season so like you said I'm hoping to get two or three more in this year
1: yeah now you and I we have mule deer tags left so hopefully by the time this goes out we have those filled as well yeah yeah absolutely
0: I found some sign I took a eight mile hike up over the the top of the mountain yesterday looking for elk and deer and Found a lot of sign up there, so we may glass up some bulls up there.
1: Yeah. Well, awesome, John. uh I guess this afternoon here, we're gonna try to get back out. You're gonna go look for some deer, and I'm gonna help these guys out on their elk hunt. And like I said, hopefully the rest of the trip just keeps going well. You got your your girlfriend and a buddy of yours flying out to hunt with you, so that should be good.
0: Yeah, I I, th- I think we're we ought to be good for a couple more elk. Anyways, we're still seeing them and very little pressure in here this year a lot less than the last couple years if you're still seeing them from camp you know you've you've still got a good chance of killing one so i think we ought to have at least a couple more down by the time we all got to go home awesome man well i'm looking forward to the the rest of the hunt with you i appreciate you sharing your story here yeah no problem thanks for having me on it's uh you know i listen to these i've listened to podcasts for a couple years and and i don't i don't know much but i've always thought it'd be kind of neat to to get on and say my two cents about it and uh yeah appreciate the opportunity
1: yeah no problem and uh i'm sure you'll be talking on some more of these daily updates as we as we start killing some more bulls yeah, yeah i hope so <laughs> all right john well uh we'll talk to you here soon and uh all right sounds good